Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth-building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought-provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Sheff. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. It's Friday. It's time to learn to earn. Last week, we talked about negotiations, and you got an opportunity to hear me on the phone with a seller, and uh, I got some great feedback from that call, so I appreciate you taking the time to uh, reach out and share with us your thoughts. It looks like a lot of you got a, a lot of good learning from that, so that's always good. I appreciate that, and folks, I encourage you to reach out. Uh, always reach out. best way to, to reach out is uh, email direct to info at cashflowguys.com. That's info at cashflowguys.com or book time with me on uh, my calendar. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. That's A-S-K-T-Y-L-E-R cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. And uh, just wanted to, to, again, thank you for reaching out. That was great last week. And if you, if you're enjoying the show, by the way, and I guess I'm doing a terrible job of asking for, for kudos, but apparently I'm supposed to be asking you to give uh, reviews on iTunes. So if you enjoy what you're hearing on the show, please let us know by going over to, if you're listening on iTunes, if you're an Apple person, go over to iTunes and uh, give us a review. We appreciate uh, positive reviews. We will stalk you, hunt you down for negative reviews. Just kidding. I won't do that. But um, that helps us attract better guests and we've had some great guests so far we want to keep that up because i'm sure you don't want to hear me talk all the time though one of the ways i can do that is the first place they go is they go over to itunes they look at the number of ratings i unfortunately do not have a lot of ratings on itunes so if you are listening on itunes uh, please go ahead and give us a rating if you're on soundcloud or stitcher or any one of the other podcatchers google play please do the same all those ratings all those reviews they definitely help please keep reaching out letting us know what you want to hear I am very focused on you. You are my listeners. You are taking time out of your day to listen to me talk, to help you learn. It is my job to make sure that I give you the information that you're seeking. So I take that responsibility very seriously. And the best way I can be successful is if you communicate that with me. So today we're going to talk about negotiations again. And I know some of you are going to be like, oh, geez, I'm never going to get this right. It's not my thing. Tyler, shut up and go on to something Something cool, something sexy, because negotiation scares the, the bejesus out of me. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to have a choice here. Well, I take that back. You do have a choice. You can either hire someone like me to do your negotiating for you, and I'd be happy to do that. Pick up the phone, make an appointment with me. We'll discuss uh, what you need for me to make your calls for you. I assure you it's not going to be cheap. Or you can listen to me teach you how to do it, do it yourself. However, if you absolutely insist, I'll be, I will pick up the phone and negotiate your, your deals for you. I'll probably keep those deals for myself because why wouldn't I, right? 
But I think if you take the time to listen to this episode a couple times, I think you're going to pick up some nuggets, more information. And I'm going to probably stay on this topic for a while. We'll, we'll bounce off and bounce back on. But I know this is something that the gurus don't teach. Fortunately, my mentor is not a guru. He is an, an expert in the craft. He's an expert in what he does. And he helps really bring home my negotiating skills. Larry Harbold is one of my mentors. Uh, Jay Massey, another one, both expert negotiators. They have been huge in helping me uh, refine my skills as a negotiator. So we'll kick off right there. We're going to call this Negotiations Part 2. Now, folks, your job is to build a relationship. First and foremost, when negotiating, your job is always going to be building a relationship. And I know some of you are thinking, well, that's kind of cliche, Tyler. And we've heard that. You've talked that to death, build relationship, blah, 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 blah. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't stress how important this is. I wouldn't be saying it over and over again if it didn't matter. This is critical because I found out apparently some sellers won't do what you want if you go club them over the head like a baby seal. They don't like that. They want you to be nice and cuddly. Maybe give them a little kitten or something. Pat them on the fanny. It's kind of like watching Super Bowl. I digress. You got to build a relationship, ladies and gentlemen. You have to build that relationship. This is not a battle, so please do not fight the battle. And sometimes, you know, people are going to pick up the phone and they're not going to be warm and fuzzy. Sometimes there's going to be some jerks out there. That's part of the deal. Now, last week you heard me speak to a very nice gentleman, a very nice guy, very conversational, had no problem. And I'm here to tell you that that's probably going to be 90% of your conversations. Everybody's going to be happy. They are as nervous as you are, first of all. Folks, they're as nervous as you are. They're afraid you're going to come steal their their property away. They're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing and you're going to discount their property and, and, and try to get it for cheaper. They are terrified. And in some cases, folks, they're more terrified than you are. And I bet you, if you ask the sellers after the case, after the deal's done, especially if you get to know them a little bit, maybe even become friends with them, who knows, They'll probably admit to you, oh, yeah, it's, negotiating's no fun. Not a whole lot of people look forward to it. I do, but I'm kind of weird like that. That's just me. That said, no arm wrestling, folks. There's no arm wrestling involved. If you want to arm wrestle, you go get one of them funky tables out in Texas or somewhere, and you get a big old bicep, and you do the arm wrestling. That's Arm wrestling is a sport. Negotiation is something that you just need to do. It's not a sport, although sometimes I feel it is because I really enjoy it. But... You can't arm wrestle. It just doesn't work because you're not building a relationship if you're focused on the win. The whole idea here is not to focus on the win so much. It's a focus on creating a win-win. Everybody's got to win. Now, number one job. Number one job as a negotiator is you have to seek agreement on both sides of the table. So pretend that you're a mediator or an arbitrator, whichever way you look at it. Your job is to come to a middle ground, someplace that both you and the other party can agree upon, someplace that is a happy place that you both feel comfortable moving forward because here's the thing. Let's say you're the buyer and you negotiate a screaming deal with the seller. If the seller walks away from that negotiation uncomfortable, there's a pretty darn good chance they're going to flake out before you ever make to closing. I hear this happen a lot. People call me and they say, well, you know, I had it under contract and then the seller flaked out. And then they'll say something stupid like, well, I'm going to cloud the title. Folks, don't be out there clouding the title. You cannot force somebody to sell their property. And, you know, sometimes, and this is my personal opinion, 
but sometimes people change their mind. Is that realistic? Is that fair? Ask yourself this. And some of you that have the victim mentality, some of the cowardly people out there in America will do something as obnoxious as mark the title of another person. Strong words? Yes, they are strong words. Because this is America, this is a free country, and sometimes you change your mind. That's kind of like saying, you know, sometimes people get married and then they decide they don't want it. They make an oath. I promise to be with you for the rest of my life. And then it turns out that that person is a train wreck. You may want to file for a divorce. Now, I know that gets into religious overtones and things like that, but let's be realistic, folks. I got a divorce because the person I was with didn't meet what I was looking for. So I made a change. It's that simple. I changed my mind. Does it make me a terrible person? Some of you may think so. The rest of you would be like, hell no, I got four divorces myself. Okay, well, I didn't go that crazy, but I still respect you for having the uh, wherewithal to get out of a bad situation. Same, this is no different. I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but this is something that's important to me, and so I think it's important to the marketplace. Don't get out there. First of all, try not to make deals that you're not going to follow through with, because that's just bad business. Agreed. Just Even though you're going to have sellers from time to time, that are just not comfortable with the deal. They've changed their mind. Their circumstances have changed. Maybe they were selling because they were relocating to start a new relationship. They were relocating because they got a new job, and maybe that didn't pan out. Now, what kind of dirtbag are you if you force to try to force these people these people's hand by recording a memorandum against the deed? So I just think that's dirty pool. So for those of you who don't understand what I'm talking about, there are some gurus out there that teach to record a memorandum of the sale or memorandum of contract against the deed. You can go down to the courthouse with a copy of the contract in some cases and record that against the deed. That creates a cloud against the title. Well, first of all, this isn't bulletproof. This is not a bulletproof procedure because title companies overlook this. It happens all the time. And secondly, if it, you know, there's other ways to do it. And frankly, I'm not going to educate you on how to do it because I think it's garbage. I think it's garbage. I think that if a seller decide, changes their mind, I do believe a contract is a contract. Uh, but I think the right thing to do is to take it to court and let a judge decide or a jury by the peers, whatever. But I don't think that you have the right to go down there and, and file a claim against somebody else's title because they've changed their mind. That's just my personal opinion. I'll get off my soapbox on it. Remember, this is not a battle, folks. This is about seeking agreement on both sides of the table. It's about building a relationship. Remember, we're not there to win. We are there to find an agreement that works for both parties in the negotiation. That's what my mentor taught me. Now, more often than not, and I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this week I must be on a roll because every single person I call on the phone to find out about a property to even begin to start having a negotiation, they spend so much time talking I swear to Mickey Mouse that they must be recording their own podcast. They've got to be. Because they're certainly talking only to themselves. Because if they were talking to me, they would give me a chance to talk. And they're not. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. There's a good reason why the good Lord gave you two eyes, one mouth, and two ears. You should be listening, looking and listening more than you're talking. Your job is to be a professional information gatherer. That is what my mentor, Jay Tap Massey, taught me. Be a pig. Be a professional information gatherer. I am passing that information on to you because it makes absolute sense. Be a pig. Get out there. 
ask lots of questions. Now, you should be letting them talk 70% of the time. And when you're talking, it should be mostly about saying things that build rapport or asking questions, period. Nobody cares about your opinion, first of all. Don't give your opinion that, well, I think that the, the house is a train wreck. Well, what, what good is that? That doesn't help anybody. Don't do that. That's kind of dumb. When people are talking nonstop, like me right now, podcasting, but I can do that, you see. Number one is this is recorded. Number two, it's my show. I can do whatever I want. Ha ha. Number three, we're not having a conversation. I can't build rapport with you over recording. Maybe record, hey, my name's Tyler. Nice to meet you. And then stop there and wait for you folks to call me back and leave a message on my voicemail. That's not an efficient way of doing a podcast, is it? But in a negotiation, it comes down to letting the other person talk. When you're dealing with these people that are constantly talking over you and you know the people I'm talking about, this happens all the time. Just stop talking. Don't say a darn word. Say nothing. Not a zippo. Nothing. Because here's the thing. Here's the deal. Unless you say something so obnoxious that catches their attention, chances are they're not going to hear one word you're saying anyway. Not one word. Now I deal with people call me on a phone on a regular basis and they will talk themselves out until they're just tuckered out. I've had phone conversations recently and I say they'll use the word conversation loosely where they've called me. They've talked to themselves for 30 minutes. I went on about my business, did my work, read a little bit about my book. They said, what do you think? I'm like, ah, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. All right. Well, I got to get going. Have a good day. All right. Bye. That's all I got to say besides hello on the front end of the conversation. This becomes more and more obvious to me every single day. We are in a world, we exist in a world where everybody, unfortunately, including me sometimes, ask my wife, she'll say most of the time, is caught up in their cell phones. They're caught up in social media. I am guilty of this. I've apologized to Jill a hundred times. It's something I have to go through every minute when I'm around her thinking to myself, I really need to be paying attention to this woman because she's my rock star. She is the best thing that's ever crossed the face of this earth. I profess that to my entire audience. She is, there is no better wife on the planet than mine. That I can assure you. Not even just because she puts up with me, (laughs) but uh, she's a great person. I digress, but that was worth digressing, wasn't it? Imagine the brownie points I'm going to get. My point is let these folks talk themselves out. When they get all tuckered out, half the time they're going to forget what they even said. And if you stop talking, maybe they'll notice that you stop talking. Not always, but maybe. And if they notice that you've stopped talking, maybe they will stop talking and you might get a word in edgewise. It's possible. I may be wrong, but everybody's different. That said, take the time when you do have a break to make a comment that you acknowledge that you've heard them. Oh, that's interesting. Or really? Why? Have that dialogue. That's something that Jay Massey teaches. It works, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to tell you it works. When Jay taught me that, I resisted it. I resisted everything that Jay taught me initially, and then I started doing what Jay taught me, and lo and behold, I had a successful business. How about that? But take the time to acknowledge what they've said, acknowledge that you've heard them, and then ask them a question. Really, why? Or, I find that interesting. Why do you feel that way? Things like that to inspire them to talk more because here's the thing. When they're talking, you're learning 
And when you're learning, you can write an offer that fits their needs. Not always, but sometimes. Here's a perfect example. I had a lady call me on the phone yesterday about a property that she just bought. And I won't go into all the dirty details, but basically she bought a property. She went and looked at it. She has no, she could not tell me she bought this property in December, by the way. It's now mid-January. She bought this property three weeks ago. She doesn't know how many bedrooms and baths are in each apartment. And it's six, basically six rental units in a, in a doctor's office. She couldn't tell me if they were efficiencies, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, none of that. She talked for 20 minutes straight on the phone and then hung up. And she wasn't unhappy. She just, when she was done talking, she just hung up. It was very weird. I had to call her back to say what I wanted to say. Just say, like, when can I meet you out there and take a look at the property? But she went on for 20 minutes, hung up the phone. I had to call her back, made an appointment to go see the property today. So two partners of mine and I, we got in the car this morning. We drove down there. Same thing all over again. First of all, she didn't recognize who we were. I introduced myself. But she was already talking to somebody else who was there, a contractor. And she talked for a good 20 minutes to him in front of us while we uncomfortably stood there and then wound up walking around the property by ourselves on the inside because she was indoors. Very uncomfortable situation. This woman happens to be a real estate agent. I could just imagine how successful she is in real estate yapping like this nonstop, like a barking dog. It was unbelievable. Then when she finally gets done talking to the other person and acknowledges our existence, she again talks nonstop. Every time I did ask a question, she didn't answer it, not even close, because she wasn't listening to a word I said. So at that point, you, what, you, what I've discovered is I found, now here's an opportunity. This is a, a property that could be a great opportunity. It could be a great investment. So I'm going to have to step back from this investment for a second, step back from this opportunity and regroup. Now what I did learn is that she's got pain. You see, she bought this property. She got seller financing terms. She put $70,000 cash down. She's got payments of around $2,200 a month, but she doesn't have any income generated from this property because it's in various states of disrepair. The closest thing to being ready are two apartments and a dentist office, but they still need a good amount of work to get going, and she doesn't have any money. Now, I could have offered her potentially a hard money loan or something like that to help her out, or I could have partnered with her on the deal. There's a million different strategies I could have offered her to help her through the situation. But I'll be honest with you. She didn't give me the time of day. So until I feel, until I hear her screaming in pain, I'm not going to bother because I'm not going to spend my time chasing deals. Folks, did you hear what I just said? Don't spend your time chasing deals. A friend of mine that's a real estate agent called me about a week ago, a female real estate agent. She was telling me the story about how the seller, this uh, buyer was absolutely obnoxious with her and wanted my advice on how to deal with it. And my advice was this. You are better than that. Tell them to go pack sand and have a nice day. Tell them that you're done. You, don't, you apologize, but you're not going to be able to, to meet their needs, and therefore you're ending the business relationship. She took that advice, and she said it's probably the best advice anybody's ever, ever given her. Because if people aren't even going to show you human decency, basic respect, I don't care how good you think the deal is or how cute the house is or how profitable the apartment building is, at some point you've got to realize that you're going to be banging your head against the wall trying to have a conversation with this person. And when that happens, and, I, and I'm saying these are pretty extreme situations when you can't get through, but I do see it happening more and more every day. At some point you have to decide 
Are you going to proceed with this person? Are you going to invest time with this person? Or are you going to step away? You have to ask yourself that question. And sometimes the right decision is stepping away. So be cognizant of your time. You deserve, I don't care if you're a new investor or not, you deserve a certain amount of respect. This is America. This is a free country. People should not treat you like some sort of a secondary citizen. To regroup, go ahead and when people are consistently talking over you, just roll back, stop talking. See if they notice. If they do stop for a second after they tucker themselves out because you've been fighting them like you're landing a prize tuna, ask them another question. you got to wear them out, just like catching a fish. What do you do when you catch a huge fish? Those of you that know me know I used to be a charter captain. I used to work uh, fishing charters here in Tarpon Springs, Florida. I used to tell my clients, don't sit there and fight that fish all day long. Just hang on. He'll eventually get tuckered out. And when he does, you can just reel him up to the boat. It's a battle of wits. One of the best ways I've learned, the best negotiation tools out there, folks, read the book. I don't care if you read it or listen to it, but read the book. And I said this last episode, I'm going to say it again. Dale Carnegie wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Read that book and master it. It's a great book, and it's a great tool in negotiation. Read that book. It'll change your life. That I promise you. You know, in the movie Jerry Maguire, they used the line, help me help you. I think it was Tom Hanks that said, help me help you. It was one of them. It was either Cuba Gooding or, or Tom Hanks. I don't or Tom Hanks. Ha. The other Tom. But anyway, he said, uh, help me help you. And I got to say, this works very well depending on how it's said. Okay, if you come off all cocky and short-tempered when you say this, help me help you, man, that's not going to work. But in some degree, you could say, Mr. Jones, I really want to help you. And if you could give me the ability to do that, I'm sure, I'm quite confident that we could come up with a solution to solve this problem. I want to help you. So please help me help you, Mr. Jones. Is that fair? You see how different that is then? Man, help me help you. Big difference. Folks, do not negotiate over text message. Please. Next topic I'm going to talk about, electronic tools. Do not negotiate over text message. Heck, avoid text message questions, concerns, under any circumstances. Have a conversation because you don't, you cannot gauge the type of person you are talking to over a text message. You can't hear them. You don't know if they even speak English. You don't know anything about them. You can't hear if they're excited, if they're sad, if they're happy, if they're angry. You can't hear anything. You can't hear if they're scared. You can't hear any of those inflections in their voice. Avoid text messaging when it comes down to communicating with sellers or in this case, buyers, get them on the phone, have a conversation. And to some degree, it's not always a bad idea to pull somebody a little bit out of their comfort zone. If you get a guy, especially a millennial, that's used to doing everything by text, that person, if they're forced to have a phone conversation, they may wind up being a little sheepish. So that could be a great advantage to you to help you capture their attention. Hell, they may not talk just because they're afraid to. But that said, remember, we have to get them to talk. We're going to have to spend a little more time with that person that's sheepish, that's scared. Larry Harbolt 
teaches in his uh, Never Step Into a Bank course, which I highly recommend coming up at the end of February. He teaches the four personality types. That is a great tool, using those four personality types to kind of sum up in a general sense who you're dealing with. And if you do that effectively, it's going to help you be much more successful in your negotiation. These are the things, ladies and gentlemen, that helped Larry become an expert. Now, for those of you listening, we did a webinar. Unfortunately, Larry wasn't able to make it. Um, He had an eye surgery, but we're going to be doing a webinar coming up soon. If you're interested in that, open up your email and just drop me an email, info at and then cashflowguys.com, info at cashflowguys.com. You can watch that webinar and hear some of Larry's negotiating tactics. His strategy is different than mine. I'm not going to necessarily say it's completely contrary to mine. I think it goes in line with the same stuff that I do. I've used, I've basically taken what he's taught me, what Jay Massey has taught me, what Grant Cardone has taught me, what Brian Tracy has taught me, and on several other influencers, and I've crafted it into my own method. Now, what I teach you, I ask that you take that information, you seek some other experts as well, and you take that information and craft it into something that works best for you. Because it has to be from you to be authentic. So I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, no text messaging and try to be face-to-face when you can. Now in today's society, that's more and more challenging to get face-to-face, especially when you're dealing with non-owner-occupied property. People don't want to be face-to-face with you and people by nature are non-confrontational. If people were okay with selling their own properties being face-to-face, real estate agents wouldn't have a job. So understand that. You have to begin fully understanding what you're prepared to give up in negotiation, folks. You've got to not go in with the mindset that you're going to get everything you asked for. You have to make a decision on what you are willing to give up and what you are absolutely not willing to give up. The negotiation cannot be one-sided. Don't hope for a winner because everybody should be winning in the negotiation. So go in knowing if you're going in and saying you cannot, the deal will not support more than $150,000 purchase price. Then you have to know that you cannot buy this for $1 more than 150. And if 150 is the number, folks don't buy it at 151. Oh, well, close enough. Wrong answer because the numbers are the numbers and the math is the math. Do the math. It'll tell you what to do when you are dealing with people who are distracted by something else. Again, stop talking. You'll find this a lot with the millennial generation. Sometimes Jill gets mad at me for this. Actually, a lot of times Jill gets mad at me for this. She'll start ask me a question. I'm on Facebook on my phone or reading a book or doing something. I'm not fully engaged in the conversation. But instead of me being a, smart about it and saying, hey, I'm, let me give me one second, I'll, I'll answer your question, I don't say anything. Or I guess at what she said, even though I wasn't listening, I get it wrong and then I get in trouble because I wasn't listening. I should be smarter than that, right? But that's part of the reasons I, I'm here on this show is to teach you the dumb things that I do, hoping that you won't do the dumb things that I do. It's also to let my wife know that I'm sorry for being an idiot sometimes because she does listen to the show. Ha ha. But getting back to what I was talking about, don't hope for a winner. And when somebody is distracted, when they're not paying attention, I've had people, I've been in negotiations, guy picks up his phone and starts surfing Facebook. Well, obviously I've lost his attention. Now, you guys remember my host from the beginning, Leo Young. He used to be on the show there in the very beginning. He is a gifted public speaker, Leo is. My goodness, can he, he is talented when it comes to public speaking. 
And one of the things that he taught me is to when you're speaking to an audience, and whether it be an audience of 5,000 people or one person when you're at a, a negotiation, is to check for understanding. That in part is where Is That Fair came up from. That's where that derived from. Leo teaches in public speaking to seek understanding and make sure that they understand what you're talking about. Because here's the deal. If the person is too busy or too preoccupied to talk to you, then you just simply need to reschedule that conversation for a time when they're, when they're either more willing or more able to focus. And if they're not willing to do that, then maybe you have to just walk away. Lastly, folks, before I leave this episode, and understand that we are nowhere near done with the negotiations. This is a topic that every one of you needs help with. Every one of you needs help with this, including me. One of the reasons I'm bringing these topics up is because these are things that I need practice on. I am constantly sharpening that sword. That's why I make those phone calls. I'm out there taking action. I'm practicing because it makes me a better negotiator. I've made five calls this morning. I do my power calls. And I'm negotiating. I'm having conversations. It doesn't matter whether I win or lose. I'm out there doing the work. I'm having the conversations. Always make sure, always, always, always make sure that you are negotiating with the decision makers. Please make sure you are negotiating with the decision makers. That's the very important part. Very important part. Now, for those of you, you heard me talk about Larry Harbold has his never step into a bank boot camp. He does this twice a year in that boot camp. He goes deeply into this. He has an entire day where you get live negotiations practices. And I say that half of you won't go just for that reason because you don't want the practice. You're too terrified. Well, get on the phone with me. We'll walk you through that and get you unterrified. But if you're ever interested in going to that course, it is a game changer, ladies and gentlemen, a game changer. If you're interested in that course, go to cashflowguys.com. That's cashflowguys.com forward slash no banks. No, N-O-B-A-N-K-S. Cashflowguys.com forward slash no banks. Takes you directly to a info page on what is offered at Larry's Boot Camps. These are the, the educational experiences that are going to change your game. It's going to take you to a whole new level. I don't care if you've been investing for 50 years. You will walk away from that four-day class. It's four days of solid Larry Harbolt in your face, knocking that information out, dropping those knowledge bombs, this is the course that has led to the majority of my success. So if you ever get the opportunity to take advantage of it, do so. I know some of you may be listening to this show two years after I've recorded it. He does this course every six months. Larry's program, you pay once, you get to repeat forever for free. That's pretty powerful. That's my five-second shameless plug for Larry Harbolt. Ladies and gentlemen, our group is growing. Our Facebook group is growing every day. We appreciate those of you that are joining the group. Please feel free, if you haven't joined already, to go out there and join. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That will get you over to the Facebook group. That is the Facebook community. If you have not been to one of my Coffee with the Cashflow Guys calls, please come out and join us for that. Register on cashflowguys.com forward slash coffee. Cashflowguys.com forward slash coffee. When you register there, um, it'll ask you for your name, email address, whatnot. Register. It will give you a link to go to. That link will be there for you to go to week after week. And these calls are at 9 o'clock on Friday mornings, Eastern Time. If you're not able to make the calls but you've registered, you can go back at the archives and watch the previous calls. 
I will try to have them up there within three days of the call being completed. Because realistically, I do the call from 9 to 10 on Friday mornings. I have other things to do. I do my best. It's downloading to try to get it over to the marketing team to get it up on the website. That doesn't always happen because, as you well know, life gets in the way. I do my best to get the content to you as quick as possible. Once again, cashflowguys.com forward slash coffee. Folks, thank you for taking the time today. Negotiations part two. Listen to it more than once. Get out there. Take some massive action. I want to see you be successful. This is your chance. Now is your time. Make it happen this year. Have a great day. Catch you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.